Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. you said... Cookie? I thought you would tell you were whispering in my ears. Ooh, I just want to eat your box so bad. <laughs> Man, you said that. You, you did say that. You did say that. And I think Kamara said, yes, you know I like she chocolate. Did, she did. 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 She wanted the Godiva goddess, baby. Okay? All you had to say was, can I touch it? I would have thought about it. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. It's our finale episode, our finale episode of um, Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm I'm bummed. I have to say, I guess maybe two things. I have to say that one, I didn't think that this finale was like really that incredible. But also, too, I don't think with Potomac it needs to be. Because we had such a good season. I don't really think we needed to, like, ramp up to some huge dramatic finale. But um, honestly, I could have had another episode. It didn't really feel that finale-like to me. But anyway, you guys did it again. An incredible season. Followed by a pretty good Watch What Happens Live. But we'll talk about that later let's get into the last episode so we start off with gosh what ashley with baby michael he's screaming about wanting to take his shirt off they're trying to have a mommy and son date and uh she basically tells him and sheila who she hops on a facetime with that she and michael uh, bought a house congratulations yay yay they bought it in their llc the thing that people have been telling her all season long not to do, but she seems pretty happy about it. What is going on? Because now that the preview for the reunion came out, we find out that she didn't get alimony. She did not get alimony in the divorce. And now we're finding out that they're, it, technically, because it's in their LLC, that house is 50% Michael's. When they ask her in the uh, confessional, have you broken down the financial? Is he going to be paying half? She's like, oh, we haven't discussed it yet, but, um, you know, he is 50, 50 owner and you know, the mortgage is $13,000 a month. And that is quite a lot for just me. But we also had a discussion that this is my house, me and mine alone. Sounds like, uh, every bit of that $13,000 will also be yours and yours alone, Ashley. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, I've been trying to give Ashley one bit of credit this whole time. 
not this whole season, like since she stepped out on the scene that maybe she has, you know, there's a greater, bigger plan that I'm not privy to that hopefully she is like taking steps towards really taking advantage of this whole situation. And by that, I mean getting the most she can out of this divorce. You didn't even get alimony. What the H? Ashley, baby, what are we doing? Didn't she sign a whole other contract? Didn't we see them do it in which we were led to believe that this second uh, post-nup was like way better of a deal for Ashley than the initial prenup? I'm like baring my teeth. Oh, by the way, they're not going to be starting uh, the reunion part one obviously this sunday because of the super bowl so i think part one starts on the 19th i gotta find out what happened she better give us every dirty detail otherwise i have a bunch of questions let's move on because i'm gonna get a cluster headache mia facetimes karen to say that she got some dirty bird (laughs) she had a a piece of chicken wing a piece of dirty bird at the club and that she got sick something about her gluten allergy i don't know how are we attributing a sickness to one single chicken wing is beyond me but anyway um karen is very you know she's the ambassador for surrey and also anti-dirty bird and she begs mia to please give the chicken up please for the sake of everybody but then mia tells her By the way, girl, at the bachelorette party, um, I heard a lot of Karen, Karen, Karen being said and being thrown around by Sharice. And basically, Sharice said that you'll suck any dick that's being thrown around in the club, outside of the club, Vegas, uh, the greater Potomac area, DMV, PG County. I don't know. But it seems like you'll suck for anybody according to Sharice, and uh, that she found you having sex with a bartender or some sort of worker at a club in the bathroom. So Karen says, okay, I'm not hearing that you defended me, Mia. Did that happen at any point? And Mia's like, well, no. I was just kind of coming from a place of like, what the hell are you guys talking about? But uh, no, I didn't defend you, and I probably should have done that. Sorry. My bad. So in a confessional, Karen says... Mia's now on pause. She has put Mia on pause because of this uh, discretion and she will be compliant with her. She'll be cute with her, cordial. But uh, what the fuck was Mia thinking? Why does she not defend me? Then we go over to Robin's house. She has her parents, Guy and Gallard, I'm not sure, Gladys, uh, come over and they're looking at the house and all of that's done. It looks, you know, pretty cute. And I really like the mirrors on the wall. It was a lot, but, you know, maybe it, I'm, I'm into a lot. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. But then they sit down and Robin finally decides to tell her parents about uh, the fact that she and Juan are going to be getting married very quickly and uh, in Jamaica in about a month on the back of somebody else's wedding. So Gladys is like, okay, why didn't you tell us a little bit sooner? Because we're coming right? And Robin's like, no, actually you're not. And then she has the nerve to do the slippery slope theory on Guy and Gladys. If we invite you, then the cousins want to come and the aunts and uncles and then the friends. And then, you know, it's this whole big thing, but it's like, girl, these are your parents. These are your parents. You even say, you admit in a confessional that They're basically the only ones who've been rooting for you and Juan this whole time. They took Juan under their wing when they first met him back in 1996. And he's basically been like a family member to them. It's like Caitlin and Tyler, basically, uh, for Teen Mom. And so why couldn't they get a little invite? That that was wild to me. Like, I don't really care if she... I don't care about Robin's wedding, honestly. But, um... I do think it's, like, pretty wild to not invite your elderly parents, especially when they've been in y'all's corner this whole time. And she's like, you know, you've never said anything disparaging, or at least not to my face, so I really appreciate that. I just thought that was lame. But, I mean, you know, we all know that it worked out at the end, but just in let, let's live in the moment. Let's wa- let the lameness wash over us. So Robin says, well, maybe we'll let you uh, get a FaceTime call when we're in Jamaica. And Guy's like, okay, (laughs) let's not get into more of a fight. 
Let's end this conversation before it gets worse, right? Thank you. Okay, so moving on, we go to me and Gordon. This maybe was a scene of the episode for me. They're going over to the office, the doctor's office, or the dermatologist's office, as we find out. Mia says in a confessional, they've been through it with her journey, but they've been able to eliminate the life-threatening issues that they may have thought initially. But she's got a swollen lymph node, you guys. Something that happens to me like a couple times a year. (laughs) So apparently this is in her groin. Um, We find out later. Gordon basically tells on Mia because the whole time, like, as they're waiting, Mia starts talking about how, you know, it's just crazy to get a phone call. says that you're almost dying. And Gordon goes, yeah, well, that's what you heard. That's, That's how you interpreted it. They sit down and they sit down with the dermatologist for the results. And the dermatologist is like, oh, you know, just give me like a general health update. She's like, oh, you know, we went through the process of eliminating uh, lymphoma and leukemia. So here we are. Like, what are the results, doc? Uh, Drum roll, please. So her dermatologist says, you have something called sarcoidosis, which could could affect the other organs or it could just be like a thing and in your case according to your biopsy it's just like a thing it's basically just a rash so gordon you know downplays it even further by being like okay so it sounds like it's just like a topical situation it's really nothing more than a minor aggravation right doc and the doc's like yep pretty much (laughs) then there's a freeze frame where Mia's face is just like, oh, okay. And then right above her head, Karen is talking in a flashback about how, you know, she doesn't take this stuff very lightly. Um, Mia's playfully telling Jacqueline that you can have uh, Gordon Mary Cosby style if I, should I pass? Um, You know, situations like that. Giselle questioning her whole uh health situation and oh you know well well (laughs) this is just classic mia you know it's not like i will never be a person who like i'm just i always want to keep it cute right and so there are going to be situations in which people talk about their health or other drastic and dramatic situations where, like, maybe I'm not um, necessarily steeped in truth when I'm hearing it, but I'm always going to keep it cute because you never really want to talk shit about somebody's health because, God forbid, you're wrong, right? Like, we've all been in a situation where, like, we've heard something and it just didn't sound right, but we're just like, "Mm, I'm not going to fight this. And in this case, I was like, I'm not going to fight this. And so I am very glad that Mia doesn't actually have a serious issue to deal with. I'm glad she just has a rash. (laughs) But I'm also glad that, like, now I get to laugh, right? Because, like, we knew this wasn't really that big of a deal. And now, like, I feel like I have more credence um, to be able to laugh because clearly Gordon thought this was like uh, not really that big of a deal and he never really did. So, uh, haha, teehee. Congrats, Mia. Sorry about, sorry about your rash. Cause really like Mia, one thing about Mia, Mia be lying. Okay. Let's, let's be honest. Mia be lying. So to find out that like we've gone from leukemia down to a rash is just very funny to me. Sorry. Anyway, let's move on. Giselle, uh, takes the girls out. She talks about her own actual real health situation with her um fibroids on her uterus so she's taking the girls out for ice cream right you know like very after school special style load the kids up with sugar and then soften the blow so she starts talking to them about uh, how she had gone on with this date excuse me a date ski as she calls it, with Steve. Steve, the light-skinned, bald gentleman that we saw like three years ago. Uh, nobody cared about him then. We're not caring about him now as an audience. Grace, Angel, and Adora certainly didn't care, so why should I? They're like, okay, cool. You know, this is like, I feel like most divorce, ki- you know, 
kids of divorced parents can understand this. It's like, especially with a mom, especially when it's like, you're the daughter of a single mother. When it's like, oh, that man's back again? Okay. And she's like expecting you to have a reaction. And you're just like, no, you know, cool. You're happy. I'm happy. You like it. I love it. Don't care. Do not care. <laughs> so even Giselle has to explain it in a confessional. Like, you know, they know that I don't want anything serious. And so, you know, when I finally tell them that this is going to be for real, that's when they'll maybe perk up a little bit. But for now, um, not even this injection of a lot of refined sugar is going to make them move. But then we switch to, you know, something a little bit more serious. She's like, you know, girls, I had these fibroids on my uterine lining. They doubled in size from the one time they checked it to the other one. They're just sitting on my uterine wall. So I have to have a surgery to get this removed. So one of the twins goes, wait, how do you pee? And then the other twin's like, mm, don't, don't, don't do this girl. <laughs> don't do this to yourself. She's like, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Sorry. Never mind. Never mind. It's a slip up. Sorry, that was a slip up. So then Giselle tells them, you know, I have to have a hysterectomy. And Grace is like, okay. Grace is the oldest one. She's like, well, sounds like you're not going to have menopause, right? Wait, are you giving your ovaries taken out too? So are your ovaries just going to be floating around in there? Like they're just going to be over there alone? <laughs> so now all four of them, Giselle tried to act like, oh, these girls don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what these schools are teaching these them these days. But she wasn't uh, explaining them to them any better. She wasn't trying to help them out either. I And I caught that. And frankly, the more they talked, the more I got confused. I'm like, let me just kick it down to Google. Um, from my understanding, as soon as you have a hysterectomy, that basically uh, kicks you into uh, menopause, from my understanding. So, sorry, Grace. Like, you were talking some big game about, oh, mom's about to escape this whole situation. No, I don't think that happened. I don't think that happened, girl. And I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that uh, Giselle's ovaries aren't just floating around in her body like a like an old Windows 95 screensaver. But, you know, I'm no doctor. Giselle did manage to get a, a singular hug from one daughter <laughs> out of the situation. So I call that a win, frankly. I call that a win. Then we see Karen at home. She calls Wendy to tell her about what happened because she wasn't at that bachelorette party either and how Mia didn't come to her defense at the bachelorette party. So Professor Wendy pulled out a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Ever heard of him? And it says, you know, it's not the words of our enemies that hurt the most sometimes, but the silence of our friends. Mm, mm, mm. Finally, it's time for Candace's video music premiere party, music video premiere party. And it was like, fine. The party wasn't really giving for me. It wasn't giving finale party. I think I maybe need Candace to, to step it up a bit in terms of the parties. Really all the Potomac ladies. You know, they're so good. You know, to flash forward a little bit, um, and on Watch What Happens Live, Andy's questioning Robin, and the question, um, Ebony from New York was also there, and the question came up of, like, disclosure and how much a housewife should disclose when they're filming and how transparent they need to be about their lives, and I think it's, like, subjective. I think it's really subjective to the housewife and also to the franchise because there are a lot of housewives that give a lot to, um, you know, like they're great team players to where I don't really give a shit if I don't know like what's going on with them at home. And I think we've probably learned not to be like a professor Wendy myself, but I think Marlo is the greatest example of that. Like we lived for Marlo, or, you know, most of us were living for Marlo for years and like, oh, she needs a peach, she needs a peach. But I think this year proved that she didn't really necessarily need that. Or the show didn't really necessarily need her to give up her whole life. Because, you know, frankly, she didn't do a great job of uh, showing. I mean, you saw it. Never mind. But um, I think like Marlo worked really well as a team player without us needing to see her personal life. Like, 
I didn't really need it. Like, I was happy when she got her peach, but ultimately, I don't think that's what makes Marlo great or integral to the show. Um, in terms of what Robin did, however, I mean, I think this is bullshit. Um, but I also feel like, yeah, I mean, sure, we can't expect everybody to say everything all the time um, that has happened to them off camera or whatever. But I do think in Robin's case, I'm calling BS on that, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, it just seemed like a mixed bag of people at that party. Um, you know, because it was just like cool uh, people who probably have high Instagram follower accounts for the D- DMV area. And then, you know, here comes Sharif, Sharice huffing and puffing up the stairs and making a fan out of a piece of paper she found. You know, <laughs> like it was just a very <laughs> different mixed motley crew of, of people. And I'm telling you, like, I was 20% joking last week when I said, I think Sharice just kept clothes that she bought from, like, however many years ago that she was last on the show, kept them in her closet in case she came back and has just been pulling them out. Like, where does she get that dress? Like, that was 2017, if if a day. And don't tell me diff- that dress, girl. And I'm going to give Sharice one bit of advice. As a fellow woman with tiggle bitties, you can't wear every dress, okay? Because, you know, she's got a beautiful figure. Don't get me uh, wrong. However, you know, as soon as you get those tops, certain tops that don't fit you, like the within a centimeter or an inch, you look like a busted can of biscuits. And unfortunately, that's what she looked like. You got to get a bra that fits and you also get a dress that fits the top. If it's fitted at the top, you got to make sure you look right. Otherwise, you look crazy. Trust me, I know. I'm trying to help her. That's one, the one bit of advice that I will give Sharice, other than please take the L and get off our screens. (laughs) I love that we had to see Candace um, tell her manager to please have somebody get on the mic and make an entrance announcement for me. Duh, this is my party. And then she does a whole little uh, Soul Train line, little cute shuffle <laughs> as people are laughing and she's waving. I mean, she's a pageant queen and we can't take that away from Candace at her core. She's a pageant girl. Um, what else happens? Oh, gosh. Giselle and Charisse are pretty much immediately beginning the groundwork of, oh, here's Karen. Why doesn't Karen want to come around us? Oh, is it because I have something to say? Do I have another bomb to drop? What is not clicking with y'all? She's been telling you guys that she does not like you, Charisse. She does not want to be your friend, Charisse. She does not think that you guys should be friends. She thinks you're fake. She thinks you're phony. Stop talking about your mama. Um, Please leave me alone. I don't like her. I don't want to be friends with her. And now you guys are like, what? I, Karen doesn't want to hang out with Charisse. What, what happened? What's going on? Ashley shows up in her divorce gear. Did you see that uh, Amazon butterfly? Remember what I told y'all about the, the housewife post-divorce or in the midst of a divorce? The butterflies come out. I told y'all what happened with with Lisa in my own Amy last week. And here comes, here she comes with Ashley with that butterfly top from Amazon that had y'all girls in a chokehold last summer. I called it. So Wendy comes up right after Ashley and they're like, oh my God, haven't seen you since Mexico. What's going on? Download me on everything. And Ashley's like, oh, you want to hear what people have been talking about you? Oh, I'm ready. Ready. Um, basically, uh, Mia said that you wanted to eat her cookie or something like that. That's what I heard. Mia told me that maybe you guys had been having difficulties because you wanted to eat her cookie this whole time. And so Wendy, who is, honestly, I expected her to be a little bit annoyed by this, but a whole situation, but she's been taking it on the chin and she's been very lighthearted and I really appreciate that. And I think we're setting up for a really good season for Wendy next year where she's just lighthearted, just lighthearted and chill and having a great time. So she goes up to me and is like, um, excuse me, are you telling everybody I wanted to eat your cookie? Because you were the one who was whispering in my ear about, uh, oh, I want to eat your box so bad. So what's good, Mia? And Ashley goes, uh, Mia, you did say that, actually. Y- you did. I did hear that, to be fair. 
So Mia and Wendy hug. It's like really no big deal. Wendy says in a confessional, she wanted the Godiva goddess, baby. Listen, Mia, all you had to say is, can I touch it? And I would have thought about it. <laughs> Candace does her speech before her video premiere. Um, I appreciated that there was just a hand coming out of nowhere to give her a cry angle from off camera so that she could get the tears out. Honestly, it was great timing because Candace got emotional talking about Chris and her love for him. And in a confessional, she's like, you know what? People can't try to break us because that's my man. That's my homie. And I love him. <laughs> Good for y'all. Good for you guys. They did get in that pretty bad fight earlier this season, but other than that, they seem to be chilling and I'm happy. She loves him. I love it. You know, happy for them. Black love. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, so then uh, they play the video and everybody loves it everybody has something nice to say except for Giselle who's like oh actually I don't remember the song was it good I don't remember but you know I, I wish you the best nothing but the best in your future endeavors shut up Mia's thrilled that the budget has been upped we're out of the parking lot from the drive back music video and into a studio that looks like a parking lot and Trina's there so we've made it of course, Robin arrives late, but then she says that she was at a bridal shower for her future sister-in-law. And at this point, I had to wonder, is there beef between Robin and this woman? Because so far, you have um, decided to poach her wedding venue and weekend to get married to Juan the day after. And also, you're showing up in a whole white situation telling everybody, oh, I wore this so that you guys could see me in a bridal look. Because you're not going to see it at the wedding. Did you wear that to the bridal party? Because now I'm seeing here you are in a whole white outfit for somebody else's bridal shower or bridal party. And I just have questions. Just seems like something deeper there. Because we all know that Robin's not going to, she's not a go home and change girl. You know, she's not doing that. Because as soon as she sees that bed, she's taking a nap. And then here we are showing up late for other reasons. So wild. That's wild to me. So over to the side, um, so I think Giselle asks Karen, oh, did you speak to Mia? And Karen goes, yeah, she told me everything, um, you know, and I told her, and this is the beginning of uh, one of several times that we hear this, um, I told Mia, I hear her, but I'm not listening. So Giselle goes, what do you mean? And Karen says, well, I, I received what Mia said, and I don't think she's making anything up. And so Giselle goes, well, did Mia tell you that she called you a prostitute? Did she tell you that? What? So Karen goes, uh, no, she missed that part. So Giselle goes, okay, well, I think that maybe you should ask her about that. And then in a confessional, Giselle has the nerve to say, well, I wanted to give Mia the opportunity to explain why she called Karen a prostitute because, well, honestly, I was just being messy. Girl. Girl, Ray is standing there as Karen or Giselle makes this accusation and Karen's like, Ray, um, I think maybe you should excuse yourself. So he shuffles all along over to the bar, by the way, with happy Eddie sm smiling real big at him. So, you know, Wendy, you better watch yourself. I, I caught him smiling at another person. Oh, by the way, did you guys hear that Eddie? <laughs> Eddie actually trademarked happy Eddie. I think for um for apparel and goods. So good for him. So then Giselle, Mia, and Karen all group up. And Giselle introduces a topic of, oh, Mia, did you tell Karen that you called her a prostitute? And Mia's like, whoa, 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 let's rewind. Girl, what the hell? What are you talking about? I didn't see Giselle mentioning to Karen what Cherie said that led up to Mia simply asking, are y'all calling Karen a prostitute? Because you were really setting it up that way. <laughs> Certainly for somebody who was drunk and at the very edge of that conversation, it was a ridiculous question. But I could see how uh, in her Mia's drunk mind, she got there. This may be the first time where I'm actually on Mia's side because she really didn't say anything that... I thought was like worth Giselle going through all of this and trying to cause discord. Like, I actually think this is really psychotic of Giselle, but 
So Mia sets the record straight. She's like, no, I heard hotel. I heard bathroom. I heard Ray driving you. So I was just asking a question. So then in a confessional, Mia's like, how is this on me? Blame it on Sharice. And girl, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. So Karen says, well, the Lord has been good to me. I've never had to sell my putay, but I'll be sure to let you ladies know if I ever get to that point. <laughs> my putay. <laughs> so Ashley has arrived to be like, well, you know, the only reason I, I have cause for pause on this is because, um, you know, this information came from a mutual friend in the community. So Karen starts off by saying, I'm a mother. I'm a member of the community and I'm the ambassador to Sari County. I don't have to respond. <laughs> so Ashley then goes in a confessional, you know, if Karen's doing something, she's really not doing a good job of hiding it. We either dispel it, put it to rest or say that you and Ray have an open relationship and we can all just move on. I don't know what's going on. So Karen tells the group, I don't really feel like defending myself tonight because I think this is stupid of course, this leads Giselle to say in a confessional, you know, I, people were talking about you in the streets, but you didn't say it wasn't true. I'm like, yeah, she literally just said, this is stupid. I don't feel like defending myself. I Here's, here's what I think. Um, I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That... I mean, Karen has said herself that she's had a little bit of eye candy. She talked to Ray about it. Um, whatever. I think that it is what it is. I think, though, that, like, there should maybe be more receipts than what we've gotten other than that random picture. I want to know why we didn't get to see the picture. Um We've gotten to see plenty of pictures of Michael Darby. So why couldn't we see this one? I, it just doesn't really make sense to me. You know, pe- maybe people will say like, oh, you know, they were trying to protect Karen by, by not showing the picture and whatever. But I don't know. I don't know. I think where Karen goes wrong and where the women have like half a point is that she doesn't straight up say like this is bullshit she does to mia later but she doesn't say it to the group so it gives them she gives them ammo in some kind of way like she's able to in her like trying to rise above the situation it makes her look sketchy i think to people even though she's really not trying to be and i think she has figured it out because i watched her youtube video that came out right after uh you know Robin put her paywall admission that Juan was being inappropriate with that woman, right? Um, She said something like, you know, if you know your truth, you don't have to react or something like that. Like, basically, I don't give big reactions to things that I don't believe are true because, you know, hit dogs holler, essentially. Like, if it's true, I would have been freaking out. But I'm not because it's not. And I think she maybe is too Joe Cool about the whole thing. And it makes, like I said, her look kind of sketchy. Um, I don't... I would not be surprised if she had, like, a companion or three that whatever. I definitely don't think she's, you know, bending over... (laughs) 
at a club getting it from a bartender or whoever. I think she could probably do a little bit better than that, um, even if she's wasted. I It just doesn't ring true to me. But ultimately, does any of this matter? No. Does your opinion of Karen change based on whether or not she might be fucking somebody else other than Ray? Because for me, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And maybe that was kind of Ashley's point. Like, nobody really cares to just tell the truth. But, like, people, a lot of people could have been saying that about you, Ashley. So, I don't know. If anything, her um her career in politics as the ambassador of Surrey County makes me believe that she would cheat more. You know what that, this reminds me. Do you remember that, like, uh, Jackie and Evan had that storyline about, oh, Evan cheated and Jackie was like Evan works in finance do you know what this could do to his reputation if people thought he was cheating on his wife (laughs) and I'm over here truly cackling because I'm thinking girl uh as somebody who lives in a place where like finance is real big maybe uh like I think it maybe be weird if he wasn't cheating on you frankly I don't think it's doing a thing for his reputation (laughs) Babe, we all saw Wolf of Wall Street. Like, we know what the deal is. So anyway, at this point, Sharice clunks in and is like, Hi, Karen. Do you have something to say to me? Karen's like, no, I have nothing to say to you. I don't even know why you're breathing in my airspace. (laughs) I don't even know why you're here, girl. She's like, I have not lied about anything. I don't know what's going on. And then Karen says, first things first. I hear you, but I'm not listening to you. Ray, Ray, are you ready to go on our date? Bye. So Cherie says in a confessional, her last, hopefully, confessional, uh, Ray said that she could have eye candy, but he didn't say that she could be eating it. He just told her to look at the shit. Uh, uh. So then Robin thinks that she's got a leg to stand on because she's like, oh, I knew Karen would say that she just doesn't want to talk about it and walk away. I knew that. Like, Yeah. Yeah, miss, um, I've been waiting for everybody to talk about my uh, husband's infidelity. It, yeah, let's talk about people not wanting to talk about stuff, Robin. Let's get into that. Mia ends up finding Karen before she leaves and is like, you know, I just want to have a sidebar conversation. So Karen continues the, I hear you, but I'm not listening thing that she's on. And Mia says, well, there's more. So Ray's back. And Karen says, okay, well, what is it? Because my husband's standing right here. But Ray goes, I actually don't want to hear it. (laughs) He starts laughing. So then he shuffles off again. And they're off left to talk about, you know, whatever to themselves. So Mia asks Karen, do you know the owner of Bleep Restaurant? Which, uh, for those of us who had closed captioning on, uh, the Bleep was irrelevant. Because we saw the name. And the name of that restaurant was Sobe. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I went to that website and it was confirmed right in the front page, just as Mia said. Oh, it's a restaurant, PG County, and based on the pictures, it very much looks like something that place that Karen would uh, patronize. And I, you know, there's some validity to that. But anyway, Mia tells Karen that the streets are saying that Karen's dating that owner's best friend, and that they went to Vegas and that Karen had sex with him in the bathroom. So Karen goes. Full Kiki Palmer. I don't know that man. Okay. And I'm a fine young thing at 59. So if some young boo wants to say they hooked up with me, then hey, fine. But I have a man that loves me and trusts me. So once again, I hear you, but I'm not listening. So Mia goes, actually a pretty good friend. I think you do need to hear it because what you're essentially saying is that Sharice is making this up, but I don't think that guy knows Sharice. But then in a confessional, Mia says, she heard about this rumor about a year ago. And so Sharice really can't be fully to blame for this rumor because uh, people have been talking about Karen's ass bobbing and weaving up in Vegas, according to that uh, manager. But the story has now changed because she said the owner's friend, and now it's the manager. Was Is that his best friend also the manager? I have questions. But then it, Mia goes, you know, it's okay. Like, it's cool. As long as Ray's cool with it, then what do we have to say? Just make sure he's cute. And they can climb you. <laughs> I love Mia's um, presidential fitness test for how an age and your ability to have sex is. Can you climb the stairs? 
That's basically it. So Karen tells Mia what she should have told the whole group. Let me be clear. If it were true, I would admit it, but it's not true. And then Karen says in a confessional that she had her people reach out to the owners of this restaurant and they don't know who Mia is. So she doesn't know what Mia's talking about. Candace notices that Ray and Karen are leaving because they're going down the stairs and they're matching baby blue outfits. And she goes, what did you guys do? And Giselle Bryant has the nerve to say, I have no idea. And then in a confessional, Robin, Robin recently had to admit to the world that her former ex, but now current husband who cheated on her while she was pregnant, had a situation with a Canadian woman uh, over the pandemic that affected their remarriage date currently that robin that robin dixon says about karen there's a pattern here guys karen's always storming off especially when she doesn't want ray to hear any of the conversations about her little dirty deeds if anybody would like to pull up footage of all the times juan has walked away or gotten upset or exited stage left out of a conversation. And also if we could um, play enough footage so we could see why he got out of those conversations, I think we would find some um, very illuminating bits of information. Anyway, Giselle goes to find Candace to ask her why Chris won't talk to her because now she feels entitled. So Candace says, well, I just think he doesn't want to talk to you today. So Giselle and Ashley bring this up to Robin and Giselle again twists Candace wor- Candace's words by saying, well, Candace basically promised me that we would have this conversation today, that Chris and I would have this sit down conversation today. But what she said, because they played the footage back, was Candace telling Giselle, oh, I think Chris wanted us to have a conversation before he spoke to you. But now that we have had it, I think he would be open you. Not, this was not a guarantee. Okay. So Candace comes back to the group and is like, what's going on? Why did you guys run Karen out? She pulls over a stanchion and puts a flower in it and is like, okay, well, this is Karen. Let's take a shot. So she does this whole speech about, you know, black power, power to black women. I love you. You love me. We're black and we're beautiful. Right. And Ashley goes over. And she does the shit that really irks me. She goes over to Candace and very sweetly is like, well, um, can I just have permission to speak to Chris? And so Candace has to keep it real cute again. And is like, I just don't think he's open to speaking tonight because he doesn't want anything to take away from the celebration. So then Ashley acts like she has no idea why people might not like her confronting them because she's like, well, who said I was going to take away from the celebration? And so Ashley goes on and is like, well, you know, whether or not they were innocuous, you know, people took his actions that way. And Candace goes, who, your friend that looks like Sesame Street? Now, I think we should let the record reflect that Ashley did laugh at first. She did laugh. And then she says, oh, so now you're insulting my beautiful friend. So Candace starts doing spirit fingers. It goes, she had a Sesame Street twinkle in her eye, Ashley. <laughs> So Ashley's like, well, he's right here and I'm grown. So she just goes over to Chris herself. So Chris is giving her like side eye for real, like not body, not even looking in her, not even close. This is a classic Chris not looking at Deborah situation. Barely hitting the side eye for Ashley. So Ashley goes, well, all I just wanted to say is when you tweeted about me, I took it as a threat. And so Chris goes, what, what did I tweet about you? So the tweet pops up and says, y'all really not ready for what's about to go down. Call me what you want, but a liar I am not. And if that's the path you choose, I promise you'll be sorry. So she took issue with him being like, you'll be sorry. As if he was going to put a horse head in her bed down in Arlington, Virginia or something. So Chris says, I'm sorry if my tweet upset you, but Obviously, I was upset because somebody's telling me that I grabbed another woman's ass. And Candace says, yeah, even the flirting suggestion was pretty egregious. So then Chris says, for you to sit there and suggest that I would do something inappropriate, it's fucked up and it's disrespectful and I don't fuck with it. And so, yeah, I was mad and I tweeted that because 
if you're going to lie on me, you will be fucking sorry because I'll do something about it. And I'm not just going to sit here and let you say whatever the fuck you want because now I'm angry. And now I'm here cussing at you, which I apologize for because I didn't want to do that. But I'm angry and I'm angry that people would do that. Ashley doesn't want to hear any of that. And so she's like, well, you know, Chris, you have to admit that some of your actions were a little questionable. So at this point, Chris is like, (laughs) he throws his hands up and is like, fuck this shit. Like, fuck that shit, Ashley. And then he starts walking away like, I'm done. I'm done. So then Ashley's standing there like Steve Urkel, like, did I do that? Like, what did I do that was so bad? And this is what pisses me off. Like, girl, you know what you do, what you're doing. You know that you're going to be pissed off. You know, because you've seen when you tried to, when you approached Ashley about this, or Candace about this, she didn't like it. Second time you approached her about it and said, oh, doesn't feel good when it's, you know, on the other side, huh? And you were delighting in that. She didn't like it. You know, I definitely know she didn't like it when you brought Deborah at, over from out of her trash can to to try and lay claim about how hot she is. And we'll all know the truth. And he, he both of you want to eat my cookie. Aren't you guys so jealous that she's still ranting and raving about now for reasons unknown? It's now like the fourth time you tried to bring this situation up, just like Giselle does and just like Robin is like, you've seen a pattern of behavior of people reacting and saying that you guys are lying about things that you just make up out of thin air. And then when people do react, you're like, what? I was just trying to be nice. Why did they take that bad? Peace and love. I'm trying to come from a place of love by, um, Telling this man on camera that the actions that he took uh, with regard to a woman that he did not even look at were questionable. And I can't imagine why he would get upset about that. Gee. And like, y'all know I'm team believe women all day long, but we've seen the footage. (laughs) Like, it is irrefutable proof. We've seen it. And I have to also imagine in his mind, he's thinking oh, this isn't a situation that's happening in real time. This is a situation that's going to come up in about four to six months and it's going to be a major topic of conversation. And at this point, he has no idea that the producers and the camera people have um, absolved him of this. So he know who knows, you know? (laughs) And even Chris says in a confessional earlier, I fully understand that there are situations in which it's easier to just apologize in order to smooth things over. But I really believe that I didn't do anything. And so I don't even like want to entertain doing like that. I don't want to speak to Ashley. I don't want to speak to Giselle. Like it's over. So while Ashley's playing Miss Innocent, like she doesn't understand how this conversation went left. You know, what happened? What did I do? Wendy's been watching all of this. And so she goes to Ashley. Did you think that was going to go well? (laughs) Exactly. So in a confessional, Candace says she is retired, officially retired from trying to be friends with Ashley. She says, I live a life that is charmed and a life that Ashley could only imagine in her pageant dreams. (laughs) And then, so now Chris and Candace are in the hallway. She's calming him down and telling him, you know, you can't win. You can't win in a situation like this. You can't battle against people who are perpetually unhappy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't 
don't give a fuck about that Sesame Street ass looking bitch. Like, fuck her. <laughs> and I saw Chris kind of laughed about that. So Ashley keeps playing this innocent, like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And then we finally get our updates for our girls. Our end of the season updates. Ashley moved into her home in October, briefly dated Luke from Winter House, but they've called it quits. We'll see about that. We see Candace, who went on a five-day tour for uh, Deep Space Deluxe. Giselle had her hysterectomy, but she's since made a full recovery and is still um, entertaining many suitors, including a Bravo Liberty. But they don't even name Jason. <laughs> That's sad. Like, Luke got downgraded from Summer House to Winter House, and Jason didn't even get his name on the screen. Poor thing. Speaking of poor things, Wendy's update was by far the saddest and most uh, non-essential, frankly. Um, She started kickboxing and she's now drinking a gallon of water a day. And I really had to laugh about that. I I really did. Um, Mia's health, her update, her health remains stable, unlike her finances. (laughs) And then it says she and Gordon lost control of several franchises and moved out of their Potomac house. Ooh, 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 ooh. I love that. I love when it just gets dark, when it gets real, real dark. Like, we haven't seen that since, like, old ep- uh, seasons of Orange County or Beverly Hills. I just love it. I love to see, like, a woman dancing at the end of the season party with, like, a glass of champagne and it freeze frames. And it's like, oh, you know, she got a DUI. <laughs> you know, some, something dark. Anyway, um, somebody asked Robin about the prenup. And she's like, oh, you know, the lawyer sent back the paperwork, but, you know, we need to work it out. I need to send it back to them. So then her update card says, Robin never got around to that prenup, but she and Juan did get around to something else. And then the screen says two months later. So we see an airplane in the sky. You know, there's a, a music playing. It says Jamaica. There's a big sign that says Jamaica. And then we go back to the airplane and then we go down back to earth and we find ourselves in not Jamaica, but uh, Edgemere, Maryland. Okay. Okay. Robin says in a confessional that they had everything ready in Jamaica, but they woke up that day and decided it didn't feel right. So she ended up calling her friend last minute. This girl owns multiple wedding venues in the DMV area. So they just made it happen. She had, I, I called it, I knew it, I knew, oh, this is a woman who really wants a more traditional wedding, but she's downplaying it for whatever reason, and I think, I would imagine, because we heard Juan say, oh, this is your day, like, just tell me when to show up, and she was like, no, Juan, like, you have to plan it, and he's like, no, this is like your whole thing entirely, which I think is actually pretty fucked up, um, especially for your second time around, like, this, I could understand how, like, back when y'all got married in your early 20s, this was a traditional, like, oh, you know, it's the girls' day, whatever. But now that you guys have been, like, through the fire, through the limit, through the wall, through the wire, like, y'all have truly been through the gauntlet, I would think that you would want some input. I would actually be really hurt by that if I were Robin. So I've been thinking this whole time. She's probably minimizing the shit out of this because she just wants to get married. And so she's just going to do it however the hell she can do it. So if it's on the back of somebody else's wedding, his brother's wedding at the last minute and they're sneaking away, um, then she's just going to do it because that's really what she just wants to be married to one. And I think that's what I realized watching this footage. We have to get the good stuff out of the way. I mean, she looked gorgeous robin is a beautiful woman and she looked beautiful and that was great gowns beautiful gowns for sure like i liked the dress i liked the style i thought it was really cute and like really uh you know age appropriate venue appropriate whatever I mean, it seemed like they got married on the side of something there were a bunch of flowers it was really pretty it was like by a dock or whatever um and you know like this would have been a really great ending if, you know, <laughs> if, if. So we see the footage. Now, I thought the way it had been presented, like, we were just going to get some cell phone footage from her parents. By the way, her parents got to show up. Um, 
and that would be it. But it seemed like the Bravo cameras were there, right? Like those were some pretty high quality uh, cameras. Truly, I thought we were going to get it like from uh, some somebody 15 feet away. But no, that was some real footage, which again, lends credence to my theory that like Robin did want all of this. She did want the wedding. She just didn't want, I think, in my opinion, she just didn't want to give a whole bunch of people involved in case shit went left. And that way you could say, oh, if it was only going to be the four of us, like, then we don't have to tell people, you know, I don't have to make a whole bunch of phone calls to people if something happens at the last minute. Hmm. And it was really, like, also hard to watch the footage of them and their cute moments from over the years, especially when you remember that very integral moment from, what, season two or three in which Juan is in a closet with a producer telling him, uh, I don't really want to be in this relationship. I'm literally only here because of the boys. I, if they were not around, I would not, I don't want anything to do with Robin outside of them. They didn't play that clip, did they? (laughs) Oh my God. She did look very pretty though. She really, really did. Absolutely stunning. Um, Why the pastor, why did you not see the four people that were there and decide maybe I shouldn't start with, um, you know, we're gathered here today with all your friends and loved ones. What friends? Pastor? What friends? And then, did you guys notice that when they finished their vows, uh, the editors put in, like, people clapping and cheering for them as though there were actually people at this wedding. There were two little love seats, and it looked cute. But two of them were courting Corey and Carter, who were barely paying attention. <laughs> and then the other two were her parents. Who was doing all that cheering? I know Foley work when I hear it. Oh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, to see them, like, go off, they're walking down the, um, this dock that's behind them, and you think that, oh, this is gonna be it, Robin's getting her big moment of, like, oh, fuck you guys, like, they're walking down the dock, and then Robin turns to the camera and gives a finger and, like, a little corny booty smack, and you're like, oh, okay, that's gonna be it. You know, here they are, beautiful Edgemere, Maryland, and the sun's going down, and it's great, and all of that. But, you know, Robin's also saying in a confessional, you know, the haters can talk all the shit they want, but they're wasting their time because I don't care. And I think that's really what we got to hammer into our, our own collective being. Robin doesn't care. Robin doesn't care. And so the actual ending of this season is a screen pops up that says five months later, Robin admitted that Juan had been inappropriately communicating with another woman prior to their wedding. The couple claims, the couple claims to have worked through the issue. And that is the end of season seven of Real Housewives of Potomac. You guys, you ladies, you did it again. You queens. You queens. You absolute queens. I... There have been a lot of discussions about, oh, what should we change in terms of casting? Who should be on it? Who should be off? Nobody should be off. We don't have to kick anybody off. This is a great cast. I think this cast really benefits from not doing a lot of shakeups in terms of the cast members. Leave it to other people. Like, we have to understand that every housewife, we have to play by different rules. We can't play by the same rules of every franchise. We can't, because this is how, like arguments start like i can't play the same rules of potomac that i do in beverly hills it just won't work honey that won't work we got different players different games being played just just doesn't work um but let's really quickly get into the watch what happens live because robin like i said robin was there with ebony um and the first segment was dedicated to Robin. Like, it was a good... It felt like a good 10 minutes before they went to commercial. And Andy was asking the questions. Um, First, he was asking... Like, what's the deal? Right? So, Robin breaks it down. Baby, like, you've now had at least a week to prepare. You know that you've been on the schedule for watch what happens live. You knew at least for a couple weeks now that this was going to be something that you would have to more than likely address. Um, why she was not more prepared for that is beyond me. In terms of the hotel receipt, she says that the chick, well, first she says, I don't want to give this woman more attention. And I want to like, let's talk about that for a second, because frankly, 
by now. If this woman wanted to be out, she would have been out. She would have said her name. She would have added herself. Like, if she wanted all this clout and fame that Robin is trying to heavily suggest that this woman wants, she could have gotten it by now. Some, any, any blog at all, including Giorgio Says, who's been talking to this woman, she would have proven her identity at this point if she really wanted the attention that badly, in my opinion. But anyway, Robin says that... Juan was under the impression that this chick, after the COVID restrictions loosened up in Canada, was coming to the DMV area because she was seeing a Baltimore Ravens player and that Juan was just like, okay, whatever. But then she had been there for a few days and then uh, called him and was like, oh, I lost my card at the casino and I can't pay for my hotel room. He put the card down and walked away. She keeps saying like, he just put the card down and walked away. Um, had never met her before. And I guess I'd never seen her since that was their one and only interaction. So my thing is like, you check into a hotel, they take your card information. So there, I feel like they're trying to make it seem like, oh, she had been here for a few days and then called Juan out of the blue, like, oh, I lost my card and I can't check out, like, before I'm leaving, right? Like, wasn't that the impression that you got? But I feel like the hotels are going to get your card info then and there. <laughs> so she would have had it when she got there. Um she also would have had that, right? Like, she would have had to have her identification or something on her to get into the country, like, to go through customs. She at least had to have a passport. Um, this just doesn't make sense to me. Like, she would have had to get there and find out that she didn't have her card. But for her to have gone to the... How would she have gone to the casino first before even getting to that hotel? It doesn't make sense to me. So then Andy says this season heavily dealt with infidelity from a lot of people in the cast so why did you sit idly by and not bring up and she says that this was something that they dealt with before filming and so she just didn't feel the need to bring it up and um there was a question from an audience member or listener about uh uh, you know, like, why do you demand transparency from Wendy or Candace or whoever, but Ashley, Giselle, and you all knew about this infidelity from Juan or, you know, whatever, him entertaining this woman because he was bored, uh, and yet y'all didn't say anything. Um, and y'all would have basically gone after, you know, let's say, Wendy and Candace if, you know, one of them had been in the situation and the other person had helped hide that from the show. And so she says, oh, I never demand transparency from people about their relationships. I've never once done that. I never will. I don't do that. And I would understand if they as a friend had hidden that um, from the show. Like, that's basically being a good friend. I, w I would have gotten that. So Canadian Bay came back and said that she and Juan were talking. Like, we're interested in each other talking. And that the intention of her making that trip was to see Juan. This was a mutual decision that they had made. Um, they both wanted it. And yeah, that's why she was down there. So I, you know, I don't think anybody really, here's the thing. Here's where I think we, we should just be as a collective, you know, it's a new year and maybe, you know, we're still being a little bit graceful towards people. Um, what I will say <clears throat> is that I think Robin just wanted to be married to Juan and I think we just have to accept that. I don't think anybody really believes this story. And, you know, like, it seemed pr pretty obvious that Andy didn't believe it. Um, Ebony was sipping real hard on her drink. Seemed like she didn't believe it either. The silence in the room was giving, um, baby, we're just going to let you talk. And so I think, well, I think this is embarrassing enough, <laughs> you know? 
the fact that they did not sign a prenup the fact here's what i will say that like she can slither out of whatever i mean it's too late now like there's nothing we can do about it but i will call bullshit on one thing which is her saying like oh it wasn't a relevant part of our story um so why you know raise my hand and be like pick me pick me i want to talk about this you know indiscretion or whatever but it it was a relevant part of your story because you did bring up uh an infidelity clause in the prenup, certainly that must have factored into things. Not that it really matters because we find out y'all didn't even sign the prenup anyway, which she did respond and say, oh, well, I don't know why she would have admitted this, but she said it potentially could have screwed her over in the long run if she was the one who was cheating. So it maybe could potentially work out in her favor. And it's like, Robin... (laughs) We know you're not cheating on Juan, girl. Girl, come on. Like, oh, it could... Girl, let's not even do this. Okay. Um, I'm very excited for the reunion. In a way that I was not excited about with Salt Lake. Because, it was like, we kind of knew that there were so many unresolved things. So, like, why bother? But I am excited about potomac just you know because i love my girls and that's my truth um thank you guys so much for listening thank me for speaking love you be back next week or soon soon with new jersey new housewife new jersey new energy oh my god we're gonna get to see that hair that wedding hairstyle in hd i can't wait i can't wait love you guys